You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Every now and again, we bring you a surprise uh, guest. We've had Adam Clayton, Leo Varadkar, Claire Burns, Simon Harris, Michal Amir-Herchik. And the goal is to learn from these people. They're, we don't expect them. They're not necessarily experts in their field, but they have amazing insights into their health, into their, how they handle stress and their motivation. And uh, today, I'm coming to you live from Herbert Park on a sunny Sunday morning in front of probably close to 400 people at the Gym Plus Coffee Make Life Richer Days. And I'm, I'm ecstatic, slightly apprehensive, and slightly nervous to be joined up here by none other than Brian O'Dell. Brian, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thanks a lot. If you're nervous with me, what were you like with Adam Clayton? Surprisingly relaxed because I kind of know him, so it's easier. <laughs> I've met you before. I um, I really want to hear that podcast. He, I, I've met him a couple of times, and he is as fit as a butcher's dog. Oh my god! So. I'd love to actually understand and hear some of uh, some health tips and some exercise tips that he might have. So when was that? That was uh, May. That was May last year over, okay. over in Boston, must, one of the, one of the gigs we flew over. Okay, and, cool. Uh, the interview over to there. It. Yeah. it was very cool. Listen, we're going to start with business. Uh, talk to us all about Gym Plus Coffee and the Make Life Richer Days. This is the final one that's been done in the series. What's it all about? Um, it's about this. It's about um, people getting outside, getting outdoors. This is, um, what is it? During the, the stretch series, there's been nine events, um, five here in Herbert Park, four in Cork. I think it's just about encouraging people to get outside, get outdoors in particular and exercise and enjoy their exercise through socialising as well. Um, I think the day and age that we live in, that um, we're stuck behind phones, we're stuck behind computers and sometimes exercise and you know, talking and socializing and enjoying coffee and, and hanging out with one another is a secondary thought. So it's just about encouraging um, that feel-good factor of what exercise does do for you. And, you know, Gym Plus Coffee has, has partnered up with um, some great fitness and, and, and health partners over the course of this series and been able to put on great events like this where people have an opportunity to have a bit of fun um, and, you know, to... Um, to work themselves a little bit and get themselves out of their comfort zone, as I hope people did today. And of course, you came on board as the head of community for Gym Plus Coffee. Tell us a little bit about that. What's the role involved? Well, again, I suppose community, um, you know, I've, I've been involved in teams, um, professional teams for 15, nearly 20 years. Um, and I understand the value of having um, teammates of having people to share those great moments and and you know what sometimes share those disappointing moments it's so much easier to exercise uh, with uh, with company you know it, I, I don't know about all of you but I find it so difficult to go to the gym on my own and go and motivate myself even though I might have a plan for what I want to do and what I want to achieve it's such a difficult thing to do to get into that state whereas if you get someone to go for a walk with you or you plan to do something with someone if you don't do it you're going to let them down so straight away you're onto a winner where it gets you outside it gives you a purpose to get outdoors and then you get you know to have a little bit of fun you have a conversation and i think just the values of what 
you know, Jim Plus Coffee are about, of, of you know, getting the community together and getting to, to have some fun and, and have a good time is what um, exercising for me is all about. That's, I always played rugby with a smile on my face because I enjoyed it and I loved it. And now what I try and do with my exercises, likewise, is, is try and have a good time. And, um, you know, during your rest sets, you know, you have a bit of a laugh. And then when, you know, you're working hard, you're working hard. So anyone listening in, Brian makes it all sound as if it's been a very gentle morning here in Herbert Park. Uh, I've been here for the last hour watching the workout with yourself and Stefan Fusco. It's, it was anything but easy. That was a hard, hard session earlier on. Yeah, it was tough. It was. Um, yeah, listen, he's, you know, I, I've worked with, um, with Stefan as, you know, he started out as a, as a personal trainer um, a, a few years ago. And then we just became training partners where he needed someone to help him to, to help push you know, push him and, and lift his weights for him as well and uh, and make sure that you know he he got um, more out of his sessions um, so we talked during the week about what we were going to do and I probably didn't anticipate it being as tough as it has been my legs uh, like everybody else's here are on fire um, and I'm gonna need this platinum Pilates uh, class to, to try and counter uh, all that squat work that we've done to get a good stretch out and make sure that uh, I'm not creaking tomorrow. So, yeah, you know, there's no point in doing exercise if, if you don't push yourself a little bit. I'm not saying you have to be super strenuous, but you've got to try and get yourself out of your comfort zone. That's how you get the, and that extra little bit of uh, fitness. That's how um, you, you see a different in, difference in your, in your body physique, irrespective of, you know, what shape or size you are. Just push the boundaries a sp small bit each time and you'll see incremental uh, improvements time and time again. One of the key things for, for you, obviously, in terms of exercise now is enjoying it and having fun. That's very much what the Gym Plus Coffee community is all about. I've known the guys for a long time. That's one of their, their, key, the kind of their key things, if you like. Um, in terms of rugby, you're saying there that you, know, you always play it with a smile on your face. I'm fascinated by what happens after rugby. Uh, and I want to take a little bit of a trip back there with you and see, you know, after the last game, you decided to retire. It's what you trained for. It's what you did. The emotional, the mental, and the physical rollout from that. How do you feel in the days and weeks after you decided to retire? Um, I think the days and weeks aren't difficult. Um, what I found was um, that the first year is really easy, um, where you get to do all the things that you weren't able to do for 15 years, have a good Christmas, you know, enjoy the lead up to it eat what you wanted, you know, Christmas time, rugby players are the entertainment for everybody else where you play like Stephen's Day and New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So to have all of that, to take up um, some great invitations that you would have had to forego in the past. So once you do all of those for, for a rugby calendar year or a rugby year, you know, they're brilliant at all. And then you finish that and you go, oh, they were all really good. Not as good as playing international rugby. So, you know, the second year I found was actually the, the difficult one. And it's a little bit like, um, it is a little bit of a mourning period. You know, part of you wants, you know, of course you want the team to go well, but you don't want the players that have replaced you to go extremely well. You know, the, your, your, the ego in you is like, yes, the team to be brilliant, but number 13 to only be okay. And, um, and that just didn't happen in any shape or form. Jared Payne came in and was phenomenal. Gary Ringrose came in and absolutely smashing it. But um, you know, there's a bit of ego in all professional athletes, and um, so it, it's it's difficult. But um, after a few years' time, I think you become a fan like everybody else. It's just you get over that 
that time of, you know, you're not part of that team anymore. You're, you have to move on with your life. And, and I think you have to find your happiness in other things. So it's taken a few years to get there, but I'm definitely in a more comfortable place now. Okay. And I'm fascinated by, at the height of your career, how hard you were, considering just watching that work earlier on, how hard you were training in terms of quantity of time, in terms of hours spent in the gym. How do, what did a week of professional rugby training look like in terms of, in terms of exercise? Well, I, I, it really depended at the time of the year. Uh, Pre-season was obviously a really awful time um, for fitness sessions, for, for cardio in particular, for trying to put on muscle mass. So, you know, you really earned your money um, kind of July and August in particular. Um, I, I don't envy them. You know, you see particularly with social media now, you see the, the sessions that the boys are doing. And I have to say I'm happy to be a 40-year-old retired <laughs> rugby player. Um, they, they, you know, there's no hiding anymore with you know assault bikes and and what bikes and everything being pro programmed back into you know a microchip or into a computer where um, all scores are, are fed back into to the coach. There used to be a time and, and everyone's been part of a spin class where the where you know the the lead goes okay let's rank you know let's crank it up a little bit and you give the old dummy turn a couple of times. You, well, all, you all know what that. I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So we've all done that, but there's not, none of that anymore. Um, and um, so, you, yeah, you, 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 different times of the year, then you, know, you taper off um, when you've played an awful lot of games and towards the end of a season, training would become less and less. And then the age profile of the individual depends as well. You know, when I got to 32, 33, 34, I probably wouldn't train until Tuesday at the very earliest. I'd have 48 hours off. Because you have the miles and the clock, it's just a matter of rest being a more important aspect. So, um, yeah, it's funny, you know, we're, we're, we, with the different people came up there and we were talking about different exercises and um, some people saying that, um, you know, the the wheelbarrow uh, press-ups, you know, were, were impossible. Th that for me is my bread and butter um, because upper body strength would have been something that I, I suppose I would pride myself on and be able, and, and something that I do a huge amount of now, whereas talk about the cardio stuff and it was always, you know, part of my game that would have been the last thing to come. I really struggled with getting that level of fitness and then very quickly you'd lose it if you got injured with, for a, within a week or two, it would drop off dr dramatically. So. Um, there's some guys that would make you absolutely sick that would go away on holidays and go drinking for 26 days and come back and absolutely annihilate everyone in a bleep test or in a yo-yo test or in any um, form of, of fitness testing. I wasn't one of them. I was someone that had to work so hard on their aerobic and anaerobic, particularly aerobic fitness. Give me a little bit of a break in there and I can survive. Continuous work, 3Ks, 5Ks, 10Ks were not for me, and that's where the, the bleep test was an absolute nightmare. So it's funny that you know, horses for courses, and um, you, you know your own body extremely well, and you learn to adjust, adjust to circumstances and, and, and different levels of fitness necessitated for your position. That was my next question I was going to ask you was your favorite and least favorite style of training, and you've already answered it. In terms of bleep tests, out of interest, scores? I can't, even, I can't even remember. I black, I've, I've blocked it out of my memory. It's <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want to undercut myself. It's like 18, is, is, that, is that shocking? 18 is pretty, if it's, it's super high. It's, it's yeah, super high, okay. Yeah, 17 yeah. and a half then. I couldn't have been 18 then. <laughs> Okay, um, after rugby then. So the body, most uh, professional rugby players, and not just rugby, but sports, Gaelic, any professional sports players, uh, post-sport, uh, when they retire, they generally gain weight. 
Um, you have probably done the opposite in some respects in terms of your shape and your body shape. Talk us through that in terms of how that's changed from when you were playing to now. Yeah, I've, listen, there, there's, a, there's definitely a fat person in here and I've, I, have to be, I have to be really um, aware of that. And for the first two years um, of, of my retirement, it's, it's funny, you know, it, there's a double whammy with, um, with retiring rugby players and you see so many putting on weight because what you do is you, you, you're dealing with the disappointment of leaving something that you've loved. A very few players decide, I've had enough of international rugby, do you know what, I want to go and work in a bank or I want to go and do something else. Because with, with respect to, to, to bank workers out there, international rugby is really exceptional. And you don't, well, you wouldn't give it up, you know, lightly. So it, you have to give it up because someone's decided that, you know, you're not good enough anymore, or your body has told you you can't do it anymore. So with that in mind, you know, you're you're losing the disappointment of of doing something that you love. But then there's a double whammy of most players stop training to the same degree that they did. Very few keep it, keep on, you know, working three, four, five, six times a week, working out three, four, uh, five, six times a week. So. It's, it's a double negative and uh, it can impact you, you know, psychologically, but obviously physically as well. And for, for a couple of years, I you know, did a couple of Pilates sessions. I, you know, platinum um, was a part of my life for the last three or four years uh, of my career. I'd say I definitely got another year at least out of my career on the back of Milner and Will and, and, um, and what they did and, and, and what, they, what versatility they brought to, to um, my makeup and, and my, uh, and my um, you know, being a little bit more supple. Um, and then, um, so I was doing that you know, a couple of times a week. But I had myself fooled where I was still the same weight, but I just had a really, really bad redistribution of it. It was, you know, so I was 94, 95 kgs, but it was hanging on all the wrong places. Uh, and then I realized if I don't catch this, that I'm, I'm going to not be beautiful to look at on TV. No one wants to see, <laughs> no one wants to see an overweight pundit. And uh, so I, I just decided I got to make this part of my routine. And so it's, you know, when you start again, if I remember my first session with, with Stefan, um, he asked me to do um, 15 chin-ups, and I literally laughed at him. I was like, 15 chin-ups, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do four. And I was right. And, um, and then slowly get into it, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the competitive juices start flowing again, and you start chasing um, scores and, you know, lift, trying to lift heavy again, and, all, you know, just things where you get little wins, and that com competitive instinct I don't think ever leaves you. So now um, I try and train four maybe five times a week um and and again it's it's largely it, it it really only happens when i train with somebody else with, with stefan or or maybe find a training partner if i have to train on my own it tends not to happen so that's why it's so important to fit something into your schedule where somebody else where you let somebody else down because it's easy to let yourself down it's more difficult to let somebody else down Folks, you're listening to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. We are live from Herbert Park on a very sunny Sunday morning with the, for the Gym Plus Coffee Make Life Richer Days. Um, Brian, talk to you about the mental aspect of retirement and I suppose for our listeners and for people in the, in the crowd as well. The mental components of health is crucial. Going from uh, being in the Aviva or being you know, at these huge stadiums in the world playing these amazing games to not playing at all. Presumably mentally, that's 
quite difficult to deal with. And how did you find it? And what tips would you give people to improve their own mental wellness and their own mental strength? Um, yeah, it is difficult. Um, and I, I think there's a little bit of that mourning period of, of uh, the disappointment of, of leaving something that you left. Uh, as I said before, I was never really one for mindfulness or, um, you know, or getting into yoga or anything like that. Um, until I retired um, and then you know you have your low days and, and your disappointments so I started giving it a little bit of a, a try um, and, and appreciating um, the lows a, a little bit more not appreciating but understanding the lows a little bit more um, I started you know listening to you know the calm app a little bit more and and trying to just disconnect myself from that negative those negative feelings and those negative thoughts um it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do everyone has you know has negativity as existing in them be it through work or relationships or family or you know sick parents or whatever it, you know there's 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 so much um in the in the world these days that you can potentially be negative about it's about trying to switch off from that and that's that's what i've tried to do um and you know, i i am a believer that if you know positive thoughts do reinforce more positive thoughts so to try and get control of if your headspace a little bit can do wonders for a you know, kind of a positive mental uh, outlook okay um i'm gonna ask you one of those questions that i'm sure you hate being asked but i'm fascinated so i'm gonna ask it anyway um high point of your career or high points of your career when you were playing? Is there any one particular one that sticks out or a couple that stick out as the you know, the, the ultimate moments or your favourite moments and what are they? Um, I think you, you judge yourself on um, on the success and, and winning trophies in particular. It's not it's not an individual accolade thing. It's 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 about the success you've had with teams and um, I guess if I if I pick two, um, it would be that you know finally getting to win the Grand Slam in in 2009 after so many near misses. You know I think we finished second in the Six Nations five or six times throughout the noughties, and um, you know we just felt as though we were we were always going to be the, the bridesmaid, and and eventually we we managed to win one, and the relief that came with that. But I would say. A very close second was also winning the the, the uh, Heineken Cup as it was then uh, for Leinster, having even more so been perennial underachievers in in that regard. And then to to know that in the same year we'd have a Grand Slam and a Heineken Cup. But what, what kicks in very quickly then is, you know, I was what I was 30 years of age when that happened, and I realised time was running out. But then all of a sudden you re, you kind of think, right, how many can we get? How many can we chase? And we got another Six Nations uh, title you know, four years later, uh, my final year, but we managed to win two more Heineken Cups. We were beaten in a semi-final uh, in between that as well. So we, you know, the attitude and the mentality of the team completely changed with that success. And sometimes it's about breaking the seal. The first one is the most difficult, and thereafter you know, it just comes a little bit more because you relax a little bit or you feel as though... You know, you're capable of getting there. You've achieved it once. Why can't you do it time and time again? I think you can see that mentality in the Irish team these days and, and in the Leinster team that they feel that we'll, they'll be competing for honours every single year, be it you know, domestically with the Pro 14 or, uh, or in Europe. Um, and you know, I think that feeds down through um, into academy systems, into schools players wanting to come through and play for Leinster in Ireland. So it, 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 it feeds the machine. So um, I guess those two moments really stand out. 
Was focus and drive an aspect of your personality that was always there from when you were little up through the school system? Because even listening to you there, you can once you won one, you're like, okay, what's next? Where's the next thing? What next can we? As opposed to some people will be very happy winning one trophy. Were you always driven and focused? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think I wanted to win. Um, I, I think as well when you realize that you have a bit of a talent for something as well, I think the important thing is not to put a ceiling on it um, and to realize that there's no limitations to, to what, where you can go. I remember coming into the Irish setup and it was, it was of a time where you know, we, we weren't at our, at our best in the, you know, th throughout the 90s, you know, Ireland were sort of in the doldrums, particularly in, in Six Nations rugby, didn't win very many games. So coming into that environment, I guess it was, it was a bit easier to prosper because I don't think we had the same level of, of players as we do these days. I remember coming in and thinking, I've I got to be the best trainer every single day. And um, it's funny when you, you listen to other, you know, other people that have had some success and hear teammates talking about it. Um, it's, it's the small wins. It's not you know, just winning games and, and performing at the weekend. It's about little wins in the gym, little wins in fitness sessions. But also for me, um, particularly as a, as a leader, I found I needed to be first at everything. I, and that in, included being the first to turn up at a, at a, at a drill. So you know, when the coaches say, okay, have a quick drink of water, we'll be over there in 30 seconds. With, on 28 seconds, I was there because I knew if, as a leader, if I'd, if I'd be there, everybody else would be close behind. If I walked over, everyone else would walk over. So it's about just those small little wins all adding up to a little bit more success. So um, I think there was always a competitive instinct. I, I have it in, my, in, in what I do now and lifting weights and in my golf. I, I ultimately let, let myself down playing golf the whole time, but I feel in my head that I'm capable of great things, even though that will never be achieved. But I, I think it's, it, it's probably a, a mindset that will never leave you. Low points or hardest points of your career then? So I've asked you about the, the, the high points. What were the toughest parts? I think injuries are a big part of it. Um, and, and, you know, when, when big ones, when you, when you miss important games or... Um, it's a no-win situation when you're injured because when you... Um, you know, when the team is going well, they're not missing you. And when they're going badly, you feel as though you could give them a dig out and, and help them out. So it's, it's, it's a really tough one um, watching from the sidelines. And then the question marks as to whether you're going to be able to return back to the same degree. I had two serious injuries in my career. I, I dislocated my shoulder and then I had uh, a neck fusion. And both times, um, I have to say, I wasn't sure, you know, when, when you come back. And I remember coming back from my shoulder injury for the first three games, I, I got into a tuck position tackling with my right shoulder because that's where my arm had been in a sling for three months and that's where I felt comfortable. <laughs> Not great picture for the referee <laughs> trying to tackle people with your arm tucked like that. Um, and then one of my teammates said to me, listen, he, he saw it and he said, I, I've dislocated my shoulder before. And he said, in third or fourth game, I'm telling you, you just throw your arm out there and you smash someone and you'll hear a clunk and it won't be dislocated and you'll be okay. I thought, that's pretty reassuring, thanks a million. So sure, exactly as it happened, I just said, right, throw it out there and try and hit someone as hard as you can, and I did, and it's nice when you hit someone and they stay down, you're standing over them and your shoulder's not dislocated and you go, okay, I'm back. <laughs> okay, the future. What does it hold for Brian O'Driscoll? What are the plans? 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not someone that has a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. I try and live in the moment an awful lot um, and just enjoy the here and now. I, listen, I've got a young family and enjoying um, them growing up and seeing the small little things, the small little differences that as they shape their personalities. Uh, I've got a very busy wife and a successful wife, so trying to fit into that fi uh, family dynamic as well. Um, and then, you know, with, with you know, the likes of Jim Plus Coffee, um, to be involved in something that I truly believe, I hope, you know, matches my values as well, their values. Um, you know, initially, you know, why did I, why did I, um, why, why did they come to my attention? Because I love their gear. I, um, I won't lie to you, they sent me some of it out. And uh, I thought, this is deadly. Um, I really think it's, it's a great quality. And I said, I'd love to meet the lads and see what they're like. So I met Dermot and Niall. Um, and I could see that they were smart guys. They were ambitious. And, and they, um, they were doing something that was going to benefit other people as well as have nice kit actually do something for community and for society. So I said, I, I'd love to be a part of that. And I think it, it probably, a few years ago, I, I mightn't have been able to see this, but I think now I can look at it more clearly that the world that we live in, it's funny, you, you know, you can be friends with, um, with people on Facebook and walk by them in the street and not say hello. Um, and that's a weird world that we now live in, whereas, this is about interaction, about socializing, about having fun, about, you know, feel good factor. And it's all the things that I've enjoyed in exercise and I've enjoyed in my career. And I think it, you know, in the second part of my, of my life, I don't want to give that up. So I want to be part of something um, that, you know, will hopefully you can see people taking away today and, and having had a good time and be able to go, do you know what, That's, that was worthwhile three or four hours that I spent. I suppose just in, to summarise what we've been chatting about, it's very much surround yourself with positivity, surround yourself with a community uh, of health to empower yourself to get healthier and to stay healthy. That's very much I, the, one of the, the, I, the cornerstones. And listen, I, I was asked by someone about you know having a bad week um, eating, and I said you know I, I don't I don't train you know to try and have a body beautiful or any of that. I train for balance and for and for feeling good. And so I can have a glass of red wine and that I can have a meal or two every week that I want to have. I, what does I, that meal look like? Everyone's dying to know that. They always are. It was like six meals in New York last week, but, <laughs> but that, I have to write those weekends off. Um, I, I, I won't lie, I, I came back on Tuesday and I weighed myself and I was a couple of kilos over. And when I say a couple, three and change. Um, <laughs> But that's, do you know what, that's okay too, because I had a great weekend, had a great time, and now this week I switched into working hard. And every morning now I've, you know, I've had a, you know, I've had a, instead of having some home fries over in New York, I'm having, a, you know, a kale milkshake with, you know, some berries and, um, and just trying to make this week a better week than last week. I don't think you can expect people, you know, most people, want a balance in their lives and um, I don't think you can expect people to be um, you know so down on their diet the whole time I just can't do that I like to be able to treat myself but make more good decisions than bad decisions and I think that's the really important thing if you do have a bad day or if you do feel as though you, you deserve a treat that's okay too go and have that but just don't make that a regular occurrence and and that's the way I, I kind of I look and, and live uh, my life now and 
um, when it comes to, to beach time, yes, you try and work out three weeks before that or four weeks before that all the more when you know you're going to have your top off. But that's life too, isn't it? So it's all about balance. So is that treat pizza? Is it, uh, I don't know, Indian takeaway? I like takeaway? Chocolate. chocolate. I like chocolate. Um, but I like pizza as well. Um, I saw a few pizzas on your on your Instagram account when I was looking through it last night. Already. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm... I don't specify with with cheat meals. Um, I it's yeah. I pretty much eat everything, um, and I like you know what I like having a few beers. Even do you know what I started doing during the week? Um, I, I come home and have a beer when I'm cooking dinner, but I started drinking non-alcoholic just so I didn't get in the habit of having a drink every single day. But I'd still have a thirst quenching one beer, might be two. Um, but then, you know, treat myself at the weekend and have a bottle of wine with dinner or two bottles of wine with dinner, um, depending on, on the company you have or depending on the meal you're having. So, you know, Sundays, I, I love um, getting, you know, we haven't quite started doing it yet. We um, moved house recently um, where I have one of those green eggs, the Kamado Joe, where I like doing those slow cooked meals, you know, for a day. So get it, getting it fired up at like 11 o'clock in the morning and then having friends over at two or three o'clock and just entertaining for the afternoon and trying to get them out of your house at like six or seven. Um, and then you've had a good day, you've had an opportunity to hang out and, and talk and without being interrupted in a bar or you know, somewhere in town where you can actually spend time with friends. So that's one of my favorite days of the week. So I need to get that Kamado Joe back over from my folks' house. Fantastic. Um, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the Real Help Podcast. Thank you so much to Jim Plus Coffee for hosting us today as well as part of the Herbert Park event. Um, folks, the latest episode of the Real Help Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you have any questions for us or guest suggestions in the future, you can email us at realhealth.independent.ie or at carlhenrypt on Instagram and on Twitter. Brian O'Driscoll, thank you so, so much. And Pleasure. we shall see you soon. Thanks. Gurbiel Mahogoth. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.